Well, Happy New Year, Wild Wanderers. So my family and I recently took a cruise, and we had the chance to spend a little bit of time in the Bahamas and Turks and Caicos. And we saw some really cool wildlife, including land crabs, stingrays, and flying fish. And it got me thinking about something I've been wanting to talk about for a while now, and that's sea turtles. There's seven species of sea turtle worldwide, five of which can be found along the east coast of the United States. They range from one of the smallest sea turtles, the 100-pound Kemp's Ridley, to one of the largest, the leatherback sea turtle, which can be 8 feet long and weigh up to 2,000 pounds. So as we head into winter, let me bring you a little bit of the tropics, and we'll take a deep dive into the world of sea turtles. I'm your host, Tim the Nature Nerd O'Hara, and this is the Dispatches from the Forest podcast. Sea turtles are amazing creatures. Sometimes called marine turtles, like their freshwater and terrestrial cousins, they're reptiles. And, like other aquatic turtles, they can be separated into hard-shelled and leathery-shelled species, although only one, unsurprisingly, the leatherback sea turtle, falls into that latter category. All seven species are listed as endangered or threatened. Now, all sea turtles share some common characteristics with each other and differ from other turtles in more than just size. First of all, sea turtles do not display very much sexual dimorphism, which, if you've listened to other episodes, you might remember that sexual dimorphism means males and females look different. In some animals, like cardinals, the differences are obvious. In other animals, like, for example, bears that I talked about last episode, it might just be that one gender tends to be larger than the other. Male and female sea turtles generally look the same, including size, with the exception of some very minor differences that pretty much only an expert could detect. When compared to other turtles, sea turtles tend to be more streamlined, which makes perfect sense considering their habitat. Their streamlined bodies reduce drag and let them swim faster and easier. Instead of having legs and feet, sea turtles have evolved flippers. Their flippers are actually fused digits, and they have either one or two claws on the front flippers most of the time. They swim with wing-like beats of their front flippers, using the back flippers to steer. Now, if you've done any scuba diving or snorkeling, you know that flippers are great for swimming terribly awkward for walking, which explains why sea turtles generally only come ashore to lay eggs. But this streamlining comes at a bit of a cost. Sea turtles can't retract their head and limbs into their shell for protection. But even so, that shell still provides some protection from abrasion and predators. Like other turtles, the shells of hard-shelled sea turtles are made up of flattened and fused ribs, and the spine is attached to the carapace, or top shell. A layer of firm but flexible plates called scutes covers the shell. Leatherback sea turtles are a little bit different in this regard. In addition to lacking scutes, their carapace is composed mostly of cartilage raised into seven prominent ridges. Just below the leathery skin, there's a layer of thousands of small dermal bones. Like any other turtle, sea turtles have lungs, and they need to come to the surface to breathe. But, since they live in the water, they can hold their breath for a pretty long time. How long depends on what they're doing. When foraging, their dives can last anywhere from 5 to 40 minutes. But when sleeping, they can remain submerged for up to 7 hours. 
When surfacing to breathe, a turtle can quickly refill its lungs with a single explosive exhale and a quick inhale. Their large lungs allow rapid exchange of oxygen and avoid trapping gases during deep dives. Because they live in the ocean, sea turtles drink seawater, something that would be fatal to you or I. Now, they can do this because they have specialized glands, commonly called salt glands, behind their eyes. When they drink seawater, the salt enters their bloodstream and is transported to the salt glands. These glands produce a solution that has twice the concentration of salt as the seawater. The concentrated solution comes out the corner of the eyes, like salty tears, and gets washed away. So basically, they filter the salt out of the seawater and cry it out later. This process is called osmoregulation. Sea turtles often migrate long distances between foraging grounds and nesting grounds, and navigating in the ocean is difficult business. Underwater, there's few, if any, landmarks, currents pull you off course, light decreases quickly the deeper you get, and waves obscure the view of the sky from below. So, how do sea turtles manage to deal with all these navigational obstacles? The answer is magnetoreception. Sea turtles can sense the Earth's magnetic field. This allows them to determine and maintain a specific compass heading. They also have a magnetic map. Basically, they know where they are in relation to where they want to go based on the intensity and angle of the Earth's magnetic field. This is also how they find their way back to their natal beaches to lay their own eggs. Sea turtles can live to be over 50 years old, but many don't reach maturity until they're 20 to 30 years old. Sea turtles face quite a few threats to their continued survival. Many are endangered because of over-harvesting for meat. Many are also killed or injured as unintended bycatch. Pollution, particularly plastic pollution, is a major threat. Sea turtles can ingest or become entangled in plastic pollution or nets and drown. Other major problems include habitat destruction, particularly of nesting sites, and light pollution, which disorients the hatchlings as they make their way to the ocean. So now let's take a look at some specific species of sea turtle. We'll start with the smallest, not to mention one of the rarest and most endangered, the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle. Fully grown, Kemp's Ridley sea turtles have a carapace that averages about two to two and a half feet long and almost as wide, and they weigh between 80 and 100 pounds. These turtles change color as they mature. As hatchlings, they're almost entirely dark purple on both sides, but mature adults have a yellow-green or white plastron, the bottom shell, and a gray-green carapace. The range of the Kemp's Ridley varies significantly for adults and juveniles, and also for males and females. Between 96 and 98% of adults are found in the Gulf of Mexico, foraging in the relatively shallow water of the continental shelf for mollusks, fish, crustaceans, jellyfish, algae, seaweed, and sea urchins. Females range along the entire Gulf Coast, but males tend to stay close to the primary nesting beach, Rancho Nuevo, which is located in east-central Mexico. Subadults and juveniles regularly migrate into the Atlantic Ocean and can be found in the coastal waters of the continental shelf of North America from southern Florida all the way up to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and sometimes even farther north. They feed primarily on crab. Kemp's Ridley sea turtles reach sexual maturity at around the age of 10 to 12. 
After this time, 95% of females return to the 16-mile Rancho Nuevo Beach annually to lay their eggs, arriving in large groups that can number in the thousands between April and August. They are the only sea turtle that nests primarily during the day. Clutches average about 100 eggs each, and females can lay up to four clutches per season, 10 to 20 days apart. It takes six to eight weeks for the eggs to hatch, and like other turtles, the sex of the offspring is determined by the temperature of the nest. Nests that are over 85 degrees will produce more females. After hatching and making their way to the water, young turtles spend their first year or two living in floating seaweed masses before heading out into the Atlantic. Hawksbill sea turtles are a little bit larger, reaching up to 3 feet in carapace length and weighing in at an average of 180 pounds. While all sea turtles have sort of a beak, the hawksbill sea turtle, as its name suggests, has one that is slightly more hooked and more pronounced. Their shell is known for its beauty, and one of the reasons they're endangered is because of extensive hunting for their shell. Authentic tortoise shell jewelry and trinkets are actually made from hawksbill shell. Of all the sea turtles, hawksbills are the ones most associated with tropical waters. They have a wide range and can be found primarily in tropical reefs of the Indian, Pacific, and Atlantic Oceans. In the Atlantic, hawksbill populations range as far west as the Gulf of Mexico, through southern Florida, and north as far as Virginia. They range as far south as Brazil and southeast to South Africa. Hawksbill sea turtles are highly migratory. Hawksbill sea turtles mate twice per year in secluded lagoons near their nesting beaches, which can be found in over 60 countries throughout the world. After mating, the females will drag themselves high up on the beach past the high tide line during the night. She'll clear the area of debris and dig a nesting hole where she'll deposit about 140 eggs. After covering them with sand, she returns to the ocean. One-inch-long hatchlings emerge at night in about two months and make their way to the water, attracted by the reflection of the moon on the water, which is why nearby light sources, like streetlights, can be such a problem for them. Any hatchlings that don't make it to the water by morning are susceptible to predation by birds, crabs, and other predators. It takes 20 years for them to reach maturity, and for adult hawksbills, their main predators are sharks, crocodiles, octopuses, and a few other large fish. They're omnivores, but sea sponges make up 75 to 90% of the hawksbill's diet. Some of these sponges are highly toxic, even lethal to other animals. They're also known to eat the jellyfish-like Portuguese man-o'-war. Hawksbills close their eyes when feeding on man-o'-wars, and the man-o'-war's stinging cells can't penetrate the turtle's armored heads. Because of their diet, hawksbill turtle flesh can be toxic. Also possibly because of their diet, which includes some species of biofluorescent coral, hawksbill sea turtles are also biofluorescent. They glow under UV light, and they're the first biofluorescent reptile to be found in the wild. Now moving up in size just a little is the loggerhead sea turtle. Adult loggerheads weigh an average of 300 pounds and have a carapace that's 3 feet long. The loggerhead sea turtle has a cosmopolitan distribution, nesting over a broad geographic range. It inhabits the Atlantic, Indian, and Pacific Oceans, and the Mediterranean Sea. In the Atlantic, the greatest concentration of loggerheads is along the southeastern coast of North America and in the Gulf of Mexico. 
Florida is the most popular nesting site, with more than 67,000 nests each year. Nesting extends as far north as Virginia and as far south as Brazil. Atlantic Ocean loggerheads feed from Canada to Brazil. The loggerhead sea turtle is omnivorous, feeding mainly on bottom-dwelling invertebrates, but it has the largest list of known prey of all the sea turtles. It uses its powerful jaws to crush its prey and pseudo-claws on its forelimbs to tear the prey into large pieces. Aggression between females, something that's fairly rare in other marine vertebrates, is common among loggerheads. Primarily, this aggression is over access to feeding grounds. This aggression escalates through four stages, starting with a passive threat display and often ending in outright combat. First, initial contact is stimulated by visual or tactile cues. In the second stage, confrontation occurs, starting with passive confrontation characterized by wide head-to-tail circling. Aggressive confrontation starts when one turtle stops circling and directly faces the other. In stage three, sparring occurs with the turtles snapping at each other's jaws. The final stage, separation, is either mutual with both turtles swimming away in opposite directions or involves one getting chased out of the immediate vicinity. At all stages, an upright tail shows willingness to escalate, while a curled tail shows willingness to submit. Loggerheads can live for nearly 70 years, but females first reproduce between the ages of 17 and 33. Unlike other sea turtles, courtship and mating usually don't take place near the nesting beach, but along migration routes between feeding and breeding grounds. The female can store sperm from multiple males in her oviducts until she ovulates. A clutch from a single female can have eggs fertilized by as many as seven different males. Females return to the beach where they were born every 12 to 17 days during the nesting season, which in the northern hemisphere is between May and August. Female loggerheads produce an average of four clutches of eggs when nesting, but then they may not produce eggs for the next two to three years. The next largest sea turtle on our list is the green sea turtle. Green sea turtles can grow to have a carapace length of over 3.5 feet and weigh over 400 pounds. It has a short snout and its beak is not hooked. The carapace of the green sea turtle has various color patterns that change over time. Like other marine turtles, hatchlings are mostly dark with maybe a light-colored plastron. Carapaces of juveniles turn dark brown to olive, while those of mature adults can either be entirely brown, spotted, or marbled with variegated rays. Underneath, the turtle's plastron has a yellow hue. Their limbs are dark-colored and lined with yellow, and usually marked with a large brown spot in the center of each one. The range of the green sea turtle extends throughout tropical and subtropical oceans worldwide. There are two major subpopulations, the Atlantic and the Eastern Pacific. Each population is genetically distinct, with its own set of nesting and feeding grounds within the population's known range. The green sea turtle can generally be found throughout the Atlantic Ocean. Although the species is most abundant in the tropics, individuals have been spotted as far north as Canada in the western Atlantic and the British Isles in the east. The southern range extends past the southern tip of Africa in the east and Argentina in the western Atlantic. 
The major nesting sites can be found on various islands in the Caribbean, along the Atlantic coast of Florida in the United States, the eastern coast of South America, and most notably on isolated North Atlantic islands. One of the region's most important nesting grounds is in Tortuguero in Costa Rica. In fact, the majority of the Caribbean region's green sea turtles hail from a few beaches in Tortuguero. Within United States waters, minor nesting sites have been noted in Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Florida's east coast is the largest nesting site in the United States. Florida has several annual nesting periods when local beaches are closed or cordoned off to protect nesting sites. According to the organization Green Sea Turtle Watch, in 2015, more than 37,000 green sea turtle nests were documented in Florida, a record number. Green sea turtles migrate long distances between feeding sites and nesting sites. Some swim more than 1,600 miles to reach their spawning grounds. Females usually mate every two to four years. Males, on the other hand, visit the breeding areas every year attempting to mate. Like other sea turtles, after mating in the water, the female moves above the beach's high tide line where she digs a hole 11 to 22 inches in depth with her hind flippers and deposits her eggs. Clutch sizes range between 85 and 200, depending on the age of the female. After the nest is completely covered, she returns to the sea. Green sea turtle females will repeat this three to five times per season. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of little baby turtles, up to a thousand per season per female, but it's estimated that less than 1% will make it to maturity. It takes between 20 and 50 years for green sea turtles to reach sexual maturity, and individuals can live up to 80 years in the wild. The diet of the green sea turtle changes with age. Juveniles are carnivorous, but as they mature, they become omnivorous. Most mature adults are strictly herbivores. Their serrated jaws help them chew green and red algae and other plant material. Green sea turtles have a relatively slow growth rate because of the low nutritional value of their diet. Body fat turns green because of the consumed vegetation. Green sea turtles play an essential role in their ecosystem. In the seagrass beds, the turtles feed on the seagrass by trimming the tops and leaving the roots. This feeding technique improves the health and growth of the seagrass beds. The healthy seagrass beds, in turn, provide habitat and feeding grounds for many species of fish and crustaceans. On the nesting beaches, eggshells from hatched eggs provide key nutrients for that ecosystem. In their coral reef habitat, they have a symbiotic relationship with reef fish, including the yellow tang. The yellow tang swims alongside the turtle and feeds on the algae, barnacles, and parasites on its shells and flippers. This provides food for the yellow tang and a necessary cleaning and smoothing of the turtle's shell. This helps the turtles by reducing the amount of drag and improving their health. Now, few things prey on an adult green sea turtle. Their primary predators are humans and large sharks. But one of the challenges faced by green sea turtles and other sea turtles is that they're susceptible to a disease called fibropapillomatosis, which is transmitted by leeches. This disease causes tumors both internally and externally. Now, the tumors themselves are benign, but they can interfere with swimming, eating, breathing, vision, and reproduction, and turtles with heavy tumor burdens can become severely debilitated and die. 
It's most prominent in warmer climates and can affect 50 to 70% of some populations. Now, finally, we come to our largest sea turtle and the only leathery-shelled species, the leatherback sea turtle. The leatherback sea turtle is the largest of all living turtles and the heaviest non-crocodilian reptile. They can have a carapace that's nearly six feet long, and they can weigh over a thousand pounds. Some of the largest individuals are nearly twice that. They're the most hydrodynamic of all the sea turtles, and they boast the largest flippers in relation to their body size. Now, not only are they the largest sea turtles, they're the most widely distributed, too. They reach as far north as Alaska and Norway, and as far south as the southern tip of Africa and the southernmost tip of New Zealand. The leatherback is found in all tropical and subtropical oceans, and its range extends well into the Arctic Circle. Leatherback turtles in the Atlantic Ocean range across the entire region. Unlike other sea turtles, leatherback feeding areas are in colder waters, where their primary prey, jellyfish, is found. However, only a few beaches on both sides of the Atlantic provide nesting sites. While a few hundred leatherbacks nest annually on Florida's east coast, the most significant nesting sites in the Atlantic are found in South America and Central Africa. In fact, the beaches of Mayamba National Park in Mayamba, Gabon, host the largest nesting population of leatherback sea turtles in the world, with nearly 30,000 turtles visiting its beaches each year between October and April. Now, adding to the list of superlatives for the leatherback sea turtle, they're not only the largest and most widely distributed, they are the widest ranging. Leatherbacks are generally found in the open ocean. Scientists tracked one individual swimming 12,000 miles in about 21 months. Leatherbacks subsist almost entirely on jellyfish and follow their prey throughout the day. Turtles generally spend the day in deeper water and move into shallower water at night when the jellyfish rise up in the water column. But wait, there's more! Leatherbacks are also the deepest diving of the sea turtles, and not just by a little bit either. Leatherbacks are known to pursue their prey to depths in excess of 3,000 feet, which is beyond the limit of any diving vertebrate except for sperm whales and beaked whales. Part of the reason they can do this is because of the structure of their shell, which is flexible enough to withstand the high pressure exerted by a deep dive. Mating takes place at sea, and while again males may attempt to mate every year, females only mate every two to three years. Female leatherbacks are known to nest up to nine times in a single nesting season, giving them the shortest internesting interval, only about nine days of all the sea turtles. Average clutch size is about 110 eggs. While other species of sea turtles almost always return to their hatching beach, leatherbacks may choose another beach within the region. They choose beaches with soft sand because their softer shells and plastrons are easily damaged by hard rocks. For this reason, they also prefer beaches that face the deep ocean and are not protected by coral reefs. Interestingly, the typical nesting environment includes a dark forested area adjacent to the beach. This contrast between the dark forest and the brighter moonlit ocean provides directionality for the females, who have poor vision on land. They nest towards the dark and return to the ocean in the light. And that seems like a good place to end this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of 2023. 
please leave a like and subscribe on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. It doesn't cost you anything, and it can help me out a lot. And just a reminder that if you want to support future episodes of the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. Find out how by going to patreon.com forward slash dispatches from the forest. Or you can make a one-time donation on PayPal. My PayPal name is dispatchesfromtheforest at gmail.com. Have a message you want to get to me, a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future episode? Leave me a comment or send me an email at, you guessed it, dispatchesfromtheforest at gmail.com. You can follow Dispatches from the Forest on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm your host, Tim the Nature Nerd O'Hara, reminding you to go outside and get dirty. The Dispatches from the Forest podcast is a production of Dispatches from the Forest and may not be used or rebroadcast whole or in part without express written permission.